what better way to start out pop culture, my quarks bar, my ruminations on pop culture and what's going on and just general shenanigans. I hope to use this as a means to not just introduce the Quarks Bar popular culture segment of the podcast, but also anytime I have any shorts. I find this music to be uplifting, and I hope you find it uplifting. Join me on my journey of words and self-discovery. And thank you for listening. some major uptick and it's just weird for me to talk about success especially my own success I'm just going to enjoy it I'm enjoying the glow up is for real I see you in Arizona California Illinois and New Jersey y'all are seem to be vibing with me and I thank you for it and I'm up to almost, I should be in the next week or so, if it continues to trend as I see it online, that I will be up to over 40,000 downloads. I'm not going to stop until I get to 100,000 because that's where I want to be. I want new followers. I want likes. I want um, increase in my Instagram following. That's what I'm about. I'm about bringing great content to people that want to listen to it, and I'm just grateful to all of my listeners, not just on this platform, but also on AMP. Y'all just make it really easy for me to get ideas to create and bring you and express my own joy and bring you great content, and for that, I'll be forever grateful. Thank you to Brighton Media, the marketing department, editing. You guys rock. What it do, what it do. I'm going live today on Tenfro Has Her Daddy's Records, and I'm your host. This is Tenfro, y'all. I'm sitting, it's a really nice, cool fall day here in uh, Tennessee. I get to just be. um, I am excited about the opportunity to share my father's records with as many people as possible. Um, I just basically got um, the majority of his records are with me now in Tennessee. Um, And this, today's mix is essentially a hodgepodge of some of the greatest hits from the early uh, 80s and 90s and even 2000s snuck in. And who basically sang it better? You're all I need to get by. Did Aretha sing it or Denise Williams and uh, Marvin or Johnny Mathis sing it better? So I'm just going to get right to it because we got 88 minutes of some of the best music on the planet. And I'm just really glad that you guys are with me and going to join me um, in today's in today's uh, hit list and I hope you are listening to this wherever you listen to podcasts or if you're just driving down the road and you 
understand the passion of R that my father had with R&B. Here we go, the right stuff. Vanessa Williams, y'all. Oops. Backstage, back in the room, me. Then got something that shows tell security. It was a hotel heartbreak. Y'all should see me doing the WAP as I am sitting here. Um, I am freely doing the WAP. Um, I just got finished listening to um, Any Heartbreak by one of my favorite groups of all time, New Edition. This is with the Johnny Gill version. I think Bobby Brown had already left. Um, this is another episode of Ten For Once or Daddy's Records, and I hope you're enjoying this ride time home. I'm absolutely enjoying creating the playlist, not on just AMP as well as on um, iTunes because my father left a massive, massive uh, library of vinyl that I wish I had a sync license and I could be able to share with you in duplicate. But the songs that I'm actually just got finished singing or just listening to maybe want to do the running man. Well, more like chair bob um, and cabbage patch in my seat because I got a bad knee. But I hope you enjoyed this next half. Uh, follow up by the Commodores, Billy Ocean and Stevie Wonder. And if there is a song that you want or a list of songs that you want to actually add to my library, navigate to Tim Froh's reading on iTunes as well as drop me a line at timfroisreading at gmail.com. Um, drop some of your craziest club stories um, as well as um, suggestions for um, inclusion in the list and for the show on AMP. I'm going to start doing this show um, the top of the week just to get people moving because the weekends can be too short, but the start of the week can be too long. So enjoy Night Shift by the Commodores. I repeat, how are you spending this wonderful Monday afternoon or evening? The sun is getting ready to go down here in Tennessee. I'll probably play some more music as I water um, the last remnants of my tomato and pepper plants. And as I get my last dance on um, on my back porch, um, I'm forever going to dub this Mediterranean Monday <clears throat> some a good mile back with some baba ganoush. You can't go wrong, y'all. So let's get into this Always by Atlantic Star. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. And thank you for listening. Dignity, because the greatest love of all is happening to me. Yes, I am singing off cue to one of the greatest R&B pop singers of at all times, Miss Whitney Houston. I'm up to greatest love of all, and I'm rounding out this episode of I Want My Daddy's Records by You're All I Need to Get By. Um, who did it better? Marvin, Mary J, and Method Man. I think my money's going to have to be on them. Or Denise Williams or Aretha. I'm going to start off with Aretha, and I'm going to let y'all just hit me up in the comment section or shoot me an email. Because as usual, all of these 
um, albums and songs, I remember certain things, and it just makes me feel great um, to be able to listen and share this music with the listening audience. So um, just let me know what you guys think. Um, if you were not able to tune into the show, there is no autosave and playback um, component to AMP, but you can go to my iTunes playlist and listen to the songs, download and stream at will. Um, and it's what a great way to, you know, spend your time listening to music in your car, on your porch, wherever you listen to music. So, <clears throat> so I'm spending a late breakfast, early lunch period eating my year rose and watching Love and Hip Hop Miami. And also fighting my dog over this shit year rose. Because Ethel is acting like a greedy little dog that she is. But she cute though with her ears up and her eyes being hydrated. Stand on the back of my couch barking at me for my food. But I wanted to end this episode or part of the episode with what do Johnny Mathis, Denise Williams, Patty Austin, James Ingram. Oops. Maybe not. Wait a minute. I got all off, y'all. Mary J. Blige, Method Man, Aretha Franklin, uh, Marvin Gaye, Patty Terrell, Tammy Terrell, all have in common. They all did a rendition of You're All I Need to Get By. Um, and I think, I want to say, I love them all, but I think I really can groove to the most Meth and Mary J.'s rendition. Um, more updated, has a more driving beat. The remix, it's like the remix of the remix of the remix. So I dig it. I hope that you will navigate to my 10th row. Um, I want my daddy's records playlist on iTunes for those songs, as well as many, many more. If you miss my amp live show um, that from Monday. Just when I thought it was safe to watch the news, I turn on the news and I learned some other things while I was trying to go to sleep, but I'm glad I missed. I woke up this morning after having to take some NyQuil ZQuil because I don't know, something about old age, I'm finding it more and more difficult um, to fall asleep and stay asleep. But NyQuil Z's with a little bit of Tylenol uh, really does take the edge off and allows me to get my beauty rest. So come to find out, I've had to add two people that has made a mockery of sanity in this post-chump world. I, I, I try not to be surprised by just stuff that I see on the news. For example, I'm wondering how does Kim Kardashian have over 300 million, million followers? That means that we only have about that many people in the United States. That means that everybody in the United States followed this effort. And for what? She got her fame by blackfishing and a sex tape. And now... But the good thing is she had to pay up for a million dollars, some crypto nonsense from her account, uh, her Instagram account last year. Um, I think 
who has made the donkeys of the day is those one million followers. So not Kim, who basically made probably bank off of advertising and influence of crypto, but all those people that have followed her and got duped by her, y'all the real donkeys. And also the race for, it's really close for the Senate seat in Georgia. Um, We got CTE, Herschel Walker still playing the buffoon, the Uncle Tom for the Republican Party. Basically came out within the last 24 hours about some dumb crap about he is pro-choice and and in and on some national abortion ban, nationwide abortion ban. Well, somebody from 2009 came up with the receipts. His part of the payment for the abortion this chick had um, the uh, the get well card and the canceled check. And he's still going off and saying everybody's lying. He didn't do it. Even his own uh, conservative influencer kid is saying, dad, you need to stop lying. But I think somebody needs to check his cat scan because that's, he wouldn't act and be saying this dumb stuff. Uh, but maybe he is. It's just because that's just how evil and backwards he actually is. <clears throat> He's supported by Trump. What else would I expect? Going on to more Trump supporter and dumb Republican conservative conservatism. Why do people now have the photos of Kanye West and that Candace girl, Candace Owens, uh, wearing White Lives Matter? I just, I don't understand Kanye. I don't understand Candace Owens. And I don't understand, is it so, do you sell out that much and to want to get attention that you're willing to wear something just so offensive to your race? That's what it is. I'm so tired of people doing anything for clicks and for clout. People are enraged, but I'm offended by it. I'm just, all I'm going to do is just mention it and add you to the donkey of the day because that's exactly what you deserve. You don't deserve my anger. You don't deserve anything but people looking at you like you crazy. What kind of world do we have to live in where the little bootsies and the Christian walkers of the world actually make sense? I've included um, commentary uh, and responses about Herschel Walker's um, not being 100 and why he's taking this stance now when his past life there or nothing in his life reflects what he's talking about now. A lot of these conservative Republican pundits and tomfoolery, buffoonery is really getting to people. You know, Little Bootsy is going off and going in on Kanye West for his alleged uh, white face. Um, Also, Christian Walker, Herschel Walker's, I think it's one of his oldest son, got the receipts. 
he goes on a rant and explains and he is so extra with it you got to watch it um the the details um in the youtube which i've included in extended uh, notes for the podcast on my blog but he's really impassioned because he can't believe how this man bullied his own mother and now he's touted as some uh bastion of conservative wholeness when he acted a whole ass and holding uh, guns to people's heads and just being a jackass. And his own son lived it. He got the receipts too, bruh. So before he goes on some rant and saying this is some uh, backlash from the conservative or the two liberal Democrats, you better check yourself because you're getting ready, you're getting ready to get wrecked by your own conservative son who said some dumb shit in the past on your behalf, but he's coming up and basically calling you out because it's not worth it. And it doesn't negate what this young man and his family have lived through. And I'm also called adding to the list. I knew I should have cut this short sooner. Kim Akoki, uh the former Baylor women's basketball coach now LSU coach who refused to even recognize or send well wishes in the direction of Brittany Griner, who's serving a stupid sentence. And in the words of her, her wife is almost like a hostage situation because presidents and leaders of countries are having to sit down to try to get her off on a tenth of an ounce of vape oil because they're using her as an example, been uh, sentenced to a labor camp for less than an eighth of an ounce, which is so stupid to me. This young woman is some type, her and anybody held in Russia right now is held as some type of political witness because a madman is in charge of that country. I can surely say that my thoughts and prayers go out to her. I'm hoping her hashtag trends. I hope the talks are uh, positive. But this hoe in LSU won't even do that. She basically says, I'm a coach of this team. I recognize talent and I coach. And she doesn't care about the person at all. This, to me, reeks of just such dismissiveness. I can't imagine the type of microaggressions that Brittany Griner um, lived through. And it's also getting me interested in uh, adding her book because she does a mem, Brittany Griner did a memoir and I want it to be a part of Far From Bill Street, uh, my bookstore. And my personally, I think I want to read it it may actually be on Audible. I may be able to download and start that today. But this woman who coached and had probably one of the winning seasons at Baylor and basically set her up to get the head coaching position that she actually retains now was due in large part to basically that talented young woman, Brittany Griner. And she basically said that I'll answer your first question about the team, but she didn't even touch or refuse to even answer any question about Brittany detained. When the journalist called her out, she said, you know, you coached her for four years and 
you've had the da 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 da, and I don't think we've ever heard you speak on. It. Hadn't heard you speak on this. She's been over there since January, February, and she's like, I'm not going to answer that, and kept it pushing. How dare you? And it shows you as a dismissive Karen, and that's all I got to say about that. Karma is named Brittany, and karma is a bitch. You are going to be in such a way. Why wouldn't you, why would you not even recognize that talent? Because that young woman could also have, what you gave her, she could have also poured into your players. But now why would your players trust you when you don't even support what the other former players are going through now? If I was a parent, I'm actually going to put this out to a parent at LSU. I would pull my kid from that team. You don't want that type of person or entrust that type of person with the mental and the well, physical well-being of your kids because she has shown this time and previous time she don't give a damn about anything but her record. And these are, this is where I'm going to stop because the more I look into who to add to the list, I keep adding people. But this, I'm going to add those top 300 million plus um, to my donkeys of the day. And on to another episode of Black Professional and Middle Age. Dating and no lace thongs over here. Um, I did not write any of these I just put this out um, into the atmosphere about what is going on out there. One, you got to actually like people and try to make an effort to actually go out since I hardly want to go outside to, into my yard. I know this isn't about me. Number one, I've been gainfully employed for the last four years, maybe three, almost three, almost four years. Some days it feels like that's even questionable, but I don't rent. I actually own and I have two cars and I, some of these things I just don't get. Um, so here we go. This came in from someone that goes by Demon Queen Freya. As the title says, I got a job and entitled boyfriend doesn't like it. From being without a job and broke as fuck, thinking of how I will manage rent and other bills this month, I decided to get a job to help me and drop out of university. I don't like my subject anymore. I hate it now. <laughs> I got a job in retail. The manager was nice to me and liked that I wasn't a middle-aged woman, but instead a 21-year-old girl with past work experience once I got the job. Oh, that's just such ageism. We actually are really hard workers. But we also are very stuck in our ways. But that's just me editorializing. Once I got the job, I texted my boyfriend and, it, and he didn't reply. I thought that he was maybe sleeping at the moment, so he didn't bother. So I didn't bother him anymore. I called my mom to tell her. First job I got myself without anyone's help, she was happy. Everyone was happy. Now I realize how young this sounds. Okay. Everyone was happy besides my boyfriend. Once I got back to our place. I saw him in bed playing games on his laptop, of course. I got the job. Boyfriend. 
shows me to fuck off with hands, me, okay. I crawl next to him in bed to look what he's playing and try to talk to him. I get ignored. I started crying because he knew that I needed a job and even wished good luck when I left to go to the interview. I was literally crying right next to him. I don't understand why you're living with this girl, but you're 21, so you wouldn't know. But he ignored... He gets ignored again. Later, he calmed down, and then to his mind only got the fact that I was working full-time, not part-time. We've been talking about it for four months straight. He got pissed off, calmed down around 20 minutes later. Then he asked the work times. I told him from 10 to 7.30 p. He got mad again, this time even more, started saying, how could you do this, and etc. And in the end, he was saying, I will be toxic to you for the next week and maybe even break up with you. I was just standing there and lost control from anger. Me, you are really going to leave me because I needed a job, boyfriend, yes, since you will be working so long. Me, it's a freaking almost eight-hour shift, boyfriend. It would be from eight to five, then it would be better, me. It's almost the same amount of hours. Besides, you only wake up classes when I go and literally wake you up. Well, I'm still mad. This is the dude. Okay, he's so stupid. This back and forth, I am not going to read because it's so stupid. He knew that I had money problems seriously, but didn't like me working at all. So I told him back then that he should buy food for me sometimes to save me money. He bought it twice. And since I said it, it was five months ago. So doesn't want to pay for anything and then gets mad when you get a job because you're broke. Okay. Not much entitled, but he's a brat. I started dating him to get over someone else. Oh, yeah, this is a rebound, dude. That all of you are telling me to dump him, XD. Once I got home after work, he was telling his friend very loudly what a bitch I was. So, yeah, I dumped him after that. I'm going to enjoy myself with some revenge. Might post that later. Oh, that's hilarious. This is such a young person's thing, and I'm glad it was from a while ago because only people that are young would put up with such nonsense. And plus, who's going to stay in your space if you ain't paying, be allowed to stay in my space if you ain't paying no bills? I think I'm going to say this is one thing. When you are middle age, dating is very problematic because, and even working for some places, because you can't take a hit or you can't take um, some of this emotional detritus like you could when you were actually young and uh, could put up with a lot of stuff and you can rebound faster. I just know I don't rebound faster. I'm not going to really tolerate. We're going to have to come have some concrete boundaries when it comes to my space and my finances and other and my personal time because I am at a point in my life where things are pretty much they're kind of rigid, but I can bend, but I usually don't like to because if it's if I don't feel that it's worth it. Why change if it's not working for you? Why change if it's not counterproductive? Um, I'm I'm known to be risk averse, so I'm not going to do a whole bunch of shenanigans that could actually do bodily harm, could actually put a dent in my uh, account, or could get me 
fired from a job that I halfway like doing most days. Um, so, no, nah, I'm good. I like being able to pay for my bills and not have to worry about a lot of things. This also puts, it also is a good segue into the next part of this. So this next part is me just reminiscing about, this is also from someone else, because I said I hardly go outside, so I'm not dating. But this is confessions of uh, middle-aged dating, relaxed about romance. I think I, I got a kick out of this. Some of the um, comments are also hilarious. I'm posting here because I had, I had an epiphany about dating at my age, 47. I've been seeing someone new and we're going away this weekend for the first time. We haven't been intimate yet and are still getting to know each other. I should be totally freaked out. This is by dating over 40. I'm gonna have to join this group just to follow her. Join. <laughs> um, we haven't been intimate yet, blah, blah, blah. I should be totally freaking out, but I'm not. I shave my legs, pluck my eyebrows, all the things that I don't do. That's me editorializing, y'all. Did all that girly stuff, but after trying on some uncomfortable lacy lingerie, I bought just in case. It hit me. I don't want to do this fake crap anymore. I'm just not a lacy, silky person. I'm a clean, cotton, soft, comfy person. I'm going to Maine, I believe. I'm not wearing stuff I don't ordinarily wear to, to, to seduce someone. I'm not drastically changing my appearance or behavior anymore. I want him to see me. Oh, wait a minute. I'm going to be me. Oops. <laughs> I'm not wearing stuff I don't ordinarily wear to seduce anyone. I'm not drastically changing my appearance or behavior anymore. I want him to see me and get to know me. Maybe it's a sign of maturity. Maybe it's a sign that I'm already comfortable with this guy. Either way, I thought I'd share. And the comments are this. It's freaking awesome. I choose to be and can reconsider that choice daily. This is a boss-ass statement. I'm going to have to up, look, update that. Pretty sound advice. Can't stand people in general who aren't true to, them, to themselves. So... That's all I got to say about that. She said it all. Um, I have a feeling that this is a female and this is someone that is boss and is true to themselves. I mean, isn't it all about, I've, I'm new, doing that in therapy now where I'm exploring why I think and decide things and respond the way that I do. Um, some of it is past experiences, past traumas make you decide in who you are and what you can actually tolerate now. I am really in tune to that. And I'm always exploring other ways to expand who I am and who I am becoming. Because even though I'm pretty set in my ways, I know I'm 
working daily to become a better iteration of myself. And if I were to date, I hope that I would actually feel confident enough to be me without having to do a whole bunch of body modifications and facial modifications. It's even so much more how even if I were have to interview, how I would need to present myself on Zoom. I would have to practice putting on makeup, but why? Because I don't wear makeup on a daily basis. I only wear makeup, I don't even wear makeup on a yearly basis, so there. But this is someone that not only is are they planning to be intimate with someone, they also know that they're just gonna bring clean, comfy, probably partially new cotton wear and they can get with it or go beyond it. If you expected someone to be able to, to wear that crap back in the day, then you should have met me back in the day. I may have worn it. Um, and now that I can't afford it, it doesn't fit well and it's not comfortable. And I know this because I have my own experience. That whole read actually was actually really good. And it is one of those things that people, that if you're dating at this age or you're working at this age or you're um, in trying to have a relationship, you have to know what the boundaries are and being able to say no, kick rocks, or I'm wearing my comfortable flannel uh, pajama bottoms and don't give a F t-shirt. That's the way how I roll. What about you? What do you guys think? You know, I put the word out there and I looked it up online about people's wildest clubbing stories. And I was completely taken aback by this story for two reasons. Number one, it was pretty long to be on Reddit, but I'm also, when I, I say this to also say Reddit and Medium are very good sources of some of the craziest stories. And in advance, I'm going to not vouch for the validity of the stories. I just find them fascinating. I was, it's hard pressed for me to believe that somebody is gonna drop Molly and then go clubbing by themselves. That's number one. And also there are still incidences where people are roofing strangers. I find that appalling. And isn't it an assault? Like, a, is it a felony or misdemeanor when you roofie somebody? So with that said, this is current or former club kids, what's your wildest club story? So here it is. Went to what was then my favorite club alone, made friends with an out-of-state couple who had lined up behind me. We went in together, got drinks together, hit the dance floor together. I was pretty drunk, but also on MDMA, so still had the presence of mind to watch the nearby table my new friends had left their drinks. I saw someone come up to the table, drop something in the chick's drink, and quickly scamper off. I went over to the table to inspect the drink. It was fizzing. My new friends came over to get their drinks. I told them what I had seen. They weren't convinced because the drinks looked and smelled fine. However, I don't know why they were so adamant that nobody had put anything into their drinks that they were willing to basically say, nah, I don't think it happens. Because they probably were incredulous just like me. 
I took the drink from her, sipped it, and it was salty and bitter. I ran straight to the bathroom and forced myself to throw up. I ain't forcing somebody to throw up top shelf booze. That's deep. So there you go. I don't know if I would have did that. I don't know if I would sip that drink. I ran straight in and I says to counter any effects of the Rohypnol. I hadn't forgotten how the spiker had looked. So I was able to give a very clear and accurate description of him. My new friends didn't see, recalling, see him. The husband was on the war path, rightfully so, so, but I calmed him down and convinced him to let me handle the situation. I was a regular at this club, and that's to me is crazy because I don't go to the Baptist club. And I had a very positive rep- reputation among the staff and other regulars. I went around to every bouncer on duty and to report what I saw. Their radios were down that week, so I had to track down every bouncer individually. I spoke to any bartender I could get to, as well as any regular I saw in the smokers area. I rejoined my friends and one of the bouncers who came in for a smoke with us, and we eventually saw the spiker get smacked by one of the regulars with her handbag who recognized him from the description I'd given her to which the bouncers quickly seized the chance to bag and drag it. Word. That's me, you know, editorializing. My new friends were relieved, but understandably put off from returning, even after I reassured them this was not a common occurrence for this club back then. Pretty fucking hectic, but thankfully ended well. I just am still tripped out over the gall of someone trying to poison someone else and number one, also, what's what's the deal with security? Y'all got walkie-talkies and stuff and shit down. Buy the batteries or upgrade. Because of issues like people still roofing, and you just have to be careful. The idea of someone spiking my drink, the idea of people so careless about the health and welfare of others is not lost on me and is one of the reasons why you'll probably never see me in a club or in some type of gathering because people are crazy and they will do crazy things if given the opportunity. And that's the bottom line with the possibility and outlook because this stuff can happen to if you're in your 20s and your 30s and a couple or not. You always have to head your head on swivel because people are crazy. Well, I was born a coal miner's daughter in a cabin on a hill in Butcher Holler. We were poor, but we had love. That's the one thing my daddy made sure of. He shoveled coal to make a poor man's dollar. That is my ode to the late, great Loretta Lynn that passed away at the age of 90 just recently. And I thought y'all would get a kick out of me singing karaoke to her coal miner's daughter. Um, I don't know how many times I watched that movie and her life as a teenage mom and mother and wife with do was kind of pedophilic like even before um, R. Kelly's nonsense came out 
but she seemed to make it work, had happy family, very successful career. This is big ups to that movie as well as to the coal miner's daughter, Loretta Lynn. Place of endless beauty and eternal wisdom. A kingdom facing new threats. Joined by new friends. A place home to a beloved king. No and a legacy that will never be forgotten. No woman, no Prepare to return to Wakanda. It's now for Marvel Studios Black Panther Wakanda Forever only in theaters November 11th. I am so excited about Wakanda Forever. I may just go back home, get the tickets, especially if they're like limited edition collector's items. Um, get the tickets, um, and Let's see, it says a link in the bio. I went home to see Woman King. Um, I'll probably, I'm hope, I think I'm actually going to see this, see it again. Um, uh, get yours to link in the bio. What bio? I don't see it yet. But anyways, I... I'm so excited. It opens up on the 11th. I'll probably go like on the 12th or something like that because they have like these Thursday openings. And I would love to go to see it with family. So I might have to take another trip um, in November anyways, right before Thanksgiving and hopefully um, to be able to pick up my dad's boat um, and then go from there. Put it on the water before it's a deep freeze. Um, get, to get used to it because I'm going to need to get every, all the still working on getting all the titles and stuff changed, but that's beside the point. And then, so that the trailer or the Instagram post is actually in the extended um, notes for the podcast, as well as the trailer, the uh, link to the trailer uh, for Black Hamptons. It's come. It's on BET Plus. I watched the first two episodes um, this week. I don't know. Y'all need to tell me if it's a nah or a, a yeah or a nah group because I think I like the fashion. I like how it was shot and all of the opulence. But the storyline is so basic, you know, old money Britons doing some trash mess. There's a dispute over property and they are basically drawing out why this woman thinks she is owed this property. And it's always people forgot where they came from. Evidently, the Briton chick must have been an administrator or a secretary and she married into this family. But she is hell-bent on keeping the mystique of old money alive, even though she originally is not like old money, but she's gangster enough to keep um, new money out of it. Old money, new money. If there is like a legacy and whose pockets are deeper and if they could do better going at it together, what is the problem? I don't understand this concept of old money, new money. I'm one of the 
I'm people from no money, so I don't get it. But I do like watching how they waste money. Um, and I also like the idea of Sag Harbor and the beauty of their homes and being close to the water. That's what I'm mostly interested in. But I need y'all to watch watch the trailer, see if it'll make you want to watch the um, show itself. We're only up on the second episode. And I'm going to continue to peep it out. I just thought, you know, the storyline for both parts is blah. There's one actress that is the matriarch of the Britons. And I think she's played on other stuff, too. She played on What's Love Got to Do With It. She's the sentiment of Black Don't Crack. She's beautiful. Um, but her character is mean-esque, mean AF. She really is. But I think I dig it. Just watch her go off on people and how she comes in with her nose turned up and her fashion. It's really kind of cool. But other than that, the other characters, eh, not so much. Smacks of Tyler Perry, one of the guys that played um, the cop on Why Did I Get Married? That was Jen, Jill Scott's second husband. He's on it. He plays the uh, IT guy uh, who's worth a kabillion dollars. And I don't know. I'm just some of the characters I've seen on other stuff. Um, and they just are blessed. The only one that I actually is the uh, backup singer from ICAT. Um, she's the only one that I can actually get with. But anyways, y'all, check it out. Black Hamptons and let me know what you think. I wanted to end my broadcast or this recording with just some fresh beats and a, as a reminder for us to be kind to ourselves, be kind to our minds, and keep creating. I mean, there's just so much horrible things and mean things going on in the world. And this is not goodbye. This is just until we meet again or until I record and drop another episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Check me out on social media. Timfro is reading on Instagram, TV Food Wine Girl on Twitter, and Timfro is reading the book club. I hope to get into a better state of mind as we recover as a nation from just the tragic happenstance of the last several weeks. And again, I admonish you to be kind to yourself and be kind to others. Be the action that you want to be. If you want kindness, give kindness, exude kindness, and just love yourself and love others. And again, thank you for listening. Mike Beats.